I call you.
when we have problems with our youngsters, we say, oh, he'll grow out of it. But that's something we got to look more into, and not to say that people are not doing that. Then we go to a situation to mention the name of a passing of Charles Edward Harrison. He passed, and they had his funeral, and he was a veteran, Purple Heart, and also an electrician, which was one of my policemen in the Kansas City plan. And he was one of nine siblings born to Geneva uh, Richardson, uh, her mother, Mary Richardson Duncan. And she, Duncan, no, that's the right, that's the wrong word. Her name was Mary, we'll say Duncan for now, D. Richardson, which her mother was Katie Coggs Richardson and her father, Pledge Richardson, which my father was a seven born of 14. Now, let's do this. Let's get our people on the line, and what they'll do, they'll give you a little background uh, story about what they know about black history, including the 17-year-old, the football wonder will be on there because a lot of time we do not tell our kids their genealogy or anything, and a lot of them don't know. They know all the bad things, but not the good thing. And once again, we have our tremendous duo that is Judge Martina Peterson and legal defender for the federal government, Rona Holland Hughes. And our guests, or special guests, are Chester Owens, a historian, uh, Lee Bohannon, he is a guy that got a lot of, lot of, he's a good photographer too, and he was part of SAC 20. Jerry Lockett, one of the noted photographers in Kansas City that they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And he has been on, in many galleries, he provided clippings, photos for newspaper, and history started and recorded, and of course, Jermaine Hamilton Jordan. Can we begin? Do we have anybody ready to go? Good afternoon. Well, while we're getting ready, we can continue to talk. This is Black History, uh, and we're doing this from Guess Who Coming to Kansas City. That's Ferguson. USA HotTalkRadio.com. Do we have our people ready to go? I'm not sure if you're connected with Mr. Ira there, Mr. MC. Okay, you want me to call him? Uh, probably a good idea, yes, sir. Okay. People, just hold on, we'll be right with you. In the meantime, folks, if you, uh, if you would like to support Mr. MC's Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City, you can buy a coffee for us, which is just a, a couple uh, dollars, uh, and you uh, you can go ahead and go to that website, uh, buy us a coffee, and it'll help uh, help sponsor. Guess who's coming to Kansas City? 
Thank you. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> 
got a we got our dynamic uh, uh, duo, and they just waiting for you guys to provide them with some information about things that had taken place in your life. The history, you know, I know with Lebo and Sack Twenty, they brought Dick Gregory here. They did so much. So let's start with our people, and this going to be a good show. And I can say thank you very much. Okay, let it roll. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with the Cohen. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you want to just ask some questions, or you just want me to start? Well, they want a little background from each. Oh, oh I'm going to let them tell you, ask you. Yeah, I just want you to explain to our listeners who you are, what you've done as far as if you have a whole history of things that you've been involved in. And we just want you to be able to give us some background and then start into some information. So if you could just give us your name. Um, a little bit of background information about you, um, then that would just, I think it would help our listeners know who, who's here and what information you're going to uh, embark on us. Okay. Uh, again, my name is, is Chester On. Uh, first 14 years of my life, I uh, lived in Ashdown, Arkansas. I was born in 1933. I'm all, almost uh, 88 years old. And uh, growing up, those 14 years during that time from 
his all the documentation. One of the things that happened was that uh, when we saw uh, the was a Board of Education, the city and uh, we uh, desegregated uh, general motors and salaried employees, and we were twenty six of us. We were raising so much hell, we were kicked out in the late PP and everybody else, but we just really raised hell. Um, on the day they had the march on Washington, all the grand jury was meeting to indict the 26 of us would be sent to prison for uh, five years of $10,000 bond. And that's the base of something they said we did in, in May of 1983. So <coughs> we think in terms of the market in Washington, the grand jury was meeting here. And at noon, uh, one of the attorney that was handling for the Fed happened to be a black attorney by the name of Ben Franklin. And they just really want to push this
an outside agitator that come into Kansas City. But anyway, that my name became synonymous with militancy and civil rights and such in Kansas City. And uh, as a result of that, uh, other people that were involved in that effort and some that were going on already, Bernard Powell, who was the president of the Social Action Committee of 20 here in Kansas City, had previously marched in Selma, Alabama with the NAACP as a youth uh, advocate for NAACP with Martin Luther King. And then when uh, after the riots and everything that day, um, I met with him and uh, Mary Owens and Vernon Thompson, Jerry O'Neill, and a bunch of us that were here being at the time that had concerns about community efforts we got together and formed an organization here in Kansas City called the Social Action Committee of 20, in other words, Pac-20, uh, which was proud of having a, a giant bookstore, the Harumba House uh, bookstore, the Standard Oil uh, Service Station and Management Program, a Foods for Health Bakery, uh, and a number of things. And we always use young people for staffing and for training and for uh, uh, attending meetings and negotiations and so forth. So we were very interested in helping young people to be able to understand how to take charge of things in their community. And then I guess we jump forward uh, some years, and you can ask questions as we get through so I don't get to be like a rattling off all the time. Uh, I work for Link now. It is a local non-for-profit, the local investment commission. And we work with the uh, uh, communities and neighborhood schools. And uh, we, in spite of the virus, uh, we have continued to work to help to serve families for, for Christmas and for food and food banks and so forth with uh, uh, local uh, food service agencies. And uh, as working for Link, I worked with a group called Men on the Move. Uh, here in Kansas City and started a chess program for uh, four young men who were having some challenges at Flintheim Elementary School. And we started a chess program to help them with uh, behavior modification, help them with uh, working with the schools better, with better sportsmanship. And it turned out those four young men, now we have five tournaments a year here in Kansas City and it's always 175 to 200 uh, young people involved in each tournament and we have classes every day. So, uh, uh, Cliff Fortman, who is a uh, Chess Hall of Famer, uh, worked with us to get that thing started and he still works with us to this day. Uh, Link also has the uh, foster youth program where we work with uh, uh, young people that, uh, that they used uh, age and out of foster care. But anyway, uh, I will stop there. There's a lot that you can come in again and question and ask the questions, but uh, that's basically where we are. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bohanna. We want you to continue, but if you just tune in on Internet, FergusonUSAHotTalkRadio.com, this is our first series for Black History Month, which it will continue to uh, February the 28th. People who have spoken has been the near 88-year-old good friend Chester Owens and my other good friend, Lee Bohannon, both of them, I guess they ran both of them out of Arkansas, 
but they're here to share with you. So let's continue, because we still got Jerry Lockett, photographer. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. And then we got a young man at 17 that's probably not cognizant of what's going on. He might have some questions, but he's learning, like we all are. So thank you very much. And do continue on. Guess who's coming to Kansas City? Okay, so who, who do we have? You said we're going to speak next. Okay, we also, Jerry Lockett? Yeah, this is Jerry Lockett. Okay, we got Jerry Lockett, then we got Jermaine, the young kid. Go ahead, uh, Jerry Lockett. You happen to go to uh, KU, right? <laughs> yeah. And everybody was from Arkansas. My father was born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, in 1915. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pine Bluff, so we're all sort of connected. I was born and I was born and raised in Kansas City, Kansas. I was born in 
He was running with uh, Claire McCaskill. Okay. One of their first meetings was at the Mulebox Hotel downtown. And you know, I believe I was at a fundraiser for him um, at the Mulebox. Um, Mr. John Kurtz invited me, and I was uh, able to meet him um, while uh, sitting at a table with him and uh, with John Kurtz and Mamie Hughes. Those were highlights of one of the highlights of my life, I think. <laughs> so I got to meet uh, President Obama in the early days and document. Yes. Also, I've documented uh, Bill Clinton and George Bush, George the First, George the Second, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, everybody except Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of people 
similar, and because we're a generation removed where the struggle wasn't as, as strong as it had to be back in the 50s and the 60s, that we, we think it's a problem that we're just now getting into the newness of it, but it's the same old thing that we've been dealing with time and time again. And can you give us a little bit of insight of what's the same about the struggles that we're doing now and what has changed or a little bit different about how we're dealing with the struggles back in the back in the 50s and the 60s and the ones that we're dealing with now? If I might, uh, oh, go ahead. No, go, go right ahead, go right ahead. Uh, 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 it's one of the things that I guess many of us have been thinking a lot about the last four years. And uh, tell the people who you are in case they just tune in. Uh, it's uh, Lee Bohannon. Uh, it, it, it's probably one of the things that we know is still the same is that when the uh, black folks speak up for our rights, uh, it is the local law enforcement that usually come in and get on the side of those that we are speaking against. And when we look at the civil rights movement and we look at uh, Montgomery's uh, bus boycott, the uh, march across the Pettus uh, Bridge, and when we see those things back in those days and we know that those people are marching for the rights that are owed to us in this country, and we see that the only reason that they missed a lot of that was that the local authorities would come in and get on the side of those that were being mean uh, in every case. Now we fast forward to now when we look at young people of all colors and races out marching this summer, and uh, in, in, in almost all cases peacefully, uh, it's the local authorities that are uh, assigned to come in and to stop it. Those are the things that has been happening in that time and is still happening now that we have to address and continually address. Uh, sometimes we look at these things in phases, like over there was the civil rights period and then that was the period of the 60s and then there's the, another period. It all ties Long. Uh, and the big difference that I see now that I just could shout about is that there are so many educated black folks now. There are young people I see that and interview them on TV, young doctors and lawyers and, uh, and, and people that are uh, uh, computer technicians and so forth. Back in those days, there were very few of us that were really, really educated so that we could do things because education had been denied for so long ever since slavery. So now I see the difference. There's still the, 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 the depression that's being held down by local authorities coming in, but yet there are so many of us now that has a way of looking at things that is not uh, uh, tied to what the slave master left us with, that we can find our way to fight a little differently now.
nothing happened in these cities. Because unfortunately, their parents and grandparents didn't pass anything on to them. So I can speak specifically about Kansas City, Kansas. And it get, and I, I'm, I'm uh, as believe some people know, I'm a pretty straight up spoken person. Um, in Kansas City, Kansas, which I know and got involved as soon as I got back here in, in 1960, well, I was here in 55 and I left and came back in 1960. All of us were in the same boat. And I'm speaking now black folk, we were Negroes then. And, uh, but we were on the same boat. Unfortunately now, to me, and, and I am a historian, class among us may be worse than racism. In Kansas City, Kansas, which is at the most historical city for its history is concerned in the whole area, people always overlook Wyandotte County. Just had something happen on TV the other day, watch it later. Oh, we didn't know that. Well, no one ever looked over here. So you had many people who were educated. And you could even look at Kansas, Kansas, as far as businesses are concerned, as a miniature uh, Greenwood here in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, and when people, as many people finished school and they came in Kansas City, that's a whole other story why as many people located here. But when people graduated from college or when they achieved, they came back and they became an important part to help pull other folks out. To me, this is just the opposite now. The more schooling we get, the more we say we don't want to be involved in uh, whatever they call it this week. Uh, you know, when I was going to say, call it ghetto, then we allow them to, and we help allow them to change the name to inner city, urban core. These were terms that they started to like so if you look and say, why did they quit calling it ghetto? Because that put it back on them. Now they call it inner city. Now they call it urban core. But the few of us got out here in Kansas City, Kansas. And I ain't talking about the South. They didn't beat you up physically. They beat you up mentally, though. Yeah. And as I said, in Kansas City, Kansas. But we would get ready. Now, if you got to go down to City Hall or some place, people can protest. You just go. But in 19... Well, I was in 1959 in Kansas, Kansas, and I was, you know, well, since the wild up in court, we almost said, we'd have to go have a prayer meeting. Lord, don't let nothing happen to us. Right. It wasn't just easy. And so now uh, people, and, and I have to say this, look like the more education we get, and I have nothing against education. I've got a degree. But the more foolish we are, the people who should be leading the stuff, who should be saying this, 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 they will even say, I had one other day tell them, I'm glad I don't live there, I'm glad I live, I, I, I feel sorry for you all. 25 or 30 years ago, that person would be leading the fight out here. And the few of us who are left here in Kansas City, Kansas, who were involved, I ain't talking about the ones who sit on that button, now they can tell you about all what happened. If we had to do it over again, we wouldn't do it. Well, Mr. Owen, yes. that's what I call black flight. And, and, and you run from the inner that's city that's to the suburbs, and you don't look back. And they, and, they, and they help destroy. I live right in the middle of whatever they call a city. I come see, I publicly, and before the commission, and, and I went, the last time we went, I call it the exploited area. 
Right. I don't call it the inner city urban core. I call it the, I live in the exploited area. We're exploited by everything. White folks, black folks, and now the, the ones who get uh, historians and that quote educated. Now, I'm not beating up for educating. I believe in education. I'm getting them misinterpreted what I'm saying. I call them modern day slave catchers. Well, at first it started off as white flight, and then right after that it became black flight. When black people moved to the suburbs and never looked back, and never came back. And who are you, sir? Let me say I'm Jerry. I'm Jerry Locker. Go ahead, Mr. Owens. Let me say this: Jerry grew up on Fifth Street. Okay, that's why folks lived on Fifth Street. Okay, his father and I were good friends, and Jerry always got a joke about who he liked. Nothing wrong with moving. In Kansas City, we busted our butt to make sure you can live anywhere you want. And I have no problem against moving where you want. You know, I've got pictures, documentation, show all the stuff that a few of us got out there and thought to make sure that we had an open house and changed the law here in Kansas Kansas. But now the ones who move to wherever they move, they think that one day somebody said, okay, y'all can come on out here. Think in terms of an open park with John Thorne and his family group and them like that, what happened? They don't even know anything about that. I wouldn't run all of them out there in any place else. And do I sound like I'm bitter? I'm not bitter. But I wish everybody would have to integrate on their own. If you just, okay, if you just tune in, you are listening to our first series in black history on Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. And then I want this young kid. Are you listening, Mr. Jermaine? Did he leave us? I guess sometimes my kids don't want to wait. So let's continue. Anthony, this is Rona Holiday Hughes. How y'all doing tonight? Can I get a word in? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Um, recently, there's been a lot of talk about um, reparations, um, not only for, for slavery, but Jim Crow laws, lynching, um, redlining, opportunity. Uh, racism that we've had to endure and, you know, pretty much still have to endure. What are your thoughts on um, reparations? Well, let me comment on it. Um, Lebo, when Sack 20 invited Dick Gregory here, um, my daughter lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and she and Dick Gregory were good friends. Uh-huh. And so when he said he was coming to Kansas City, uh, they called and, and he asked if I could up the airport, didn't my wife and Dick Greg up at the airport and brought him to the hotel. Uh-huh. And they asked Dick Greg, which is one of my heroes, I read and ran alongside Martin Luther King. If, if he could take them seriously, he would use it being long before Martin Luther King. If he could have taken them seriously, because he was a comedian, he just kind of laughed. But he stayed on the reparations. He got the reparations to be the biggest damn crap game you ever seen in the ghetto. <laughs> And I believe, I believe in that, too. I'm just quoting Dick Gregg. I'm quoting Dick Gregg on that. That was his comment. I, I don't think it's a good idea. And I know I, I stand apart from a lot of people in our community when I, when I say to you that um, it will simply be a shell game and we will stand still end up in the same place. So that's my opinion. Um, Mr. Owens, what do you think? Well... I have my own comments. I just kind of, that's one of the things that kind of keeps to myself. 
when you look at when you look at any problem we have, the first thing you look at is loss of money. Protests really don't mean anything because they know that at least two months we retire, we're gonna go home. And I'm not I'm not knocking I'm glad to see these young folks and I wish they'd tell us the old old folks, don't just go home and sit down and be quiet. They need that all. Young folks need to get back out here as Rebo said and really do it and thank God for the Black Lives Movement. I I look number one if they gave every all of us a million dollars a piece, number one, well, where would it go? goes into a bank, it goes into the institution, who controls all of it? In, in Kansas City, Missouri, do you have a bank that we control? There was one in Kansas City, Kansas City State Bank, and H. Stephens Cohen, who founded it in 1940, was my second father. And I know what happened there. We don't even have a place where we can put the money. We can put it in a can and put it in a, a bed in the backyard or put it in our mattress. Where would the money wind up? I, I, I just I just keep those thoughts to myself. Um, um, I, I have a book, can't think of the guy's name, but the one who really fought up in South Africa, the one who uh, we all kicked to the curb, even Mandela kicked to the curb. Uh, he talked about reparations. And so I, I kind of read his book every now and then. But anyway, I just keep quiet on that one. I know what I think. I think as a decision, people have to make but I do kind of lean, lean what they heard me say about the big crap game. And um, uh, what about the other big issues here in Kansas City, uh, renaming a uh, boulevard after Martin King? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I let Lebo, he lives in Missouri. I let Lebo talk about that. I think, some, I, I think Martin Luther King is the kind of guy that came along and needs to be honored in every city and uh, uh, every place in America, I think there should be some place that is representative of Dr. King everywhere. I just, I just believe that. Now, how they go about getting it done, I believe the the Patel Street named, uh, and to have them to come back and vote it to take it down. Uh, I believe a lot of that was. Uh, Political, they were saying it was done the wrong way or whatever. But seriously, I believe that Martin Luther King should be honored in every single city, uh, if possible, you know, in some way that represents the entire city. Well, let me let me interject my yeah, thoughts. Can, can I can I but uh, the next 20 people you meet say they live in Kansas, Kansas, as, ask them, is any street or anything designated to Martin Luther King? And I think you'll find all of us say, we don't know, but there he is. And only a few people even know why it got there, or why it got there. The late Norman Justice and Clarence Love spoke for us there. So we've got... Uh, five blocks that uh, dedicate to Martin Luther King was signed. I got one in my basement, but uh, that was given to me when Norman M. put all the well, I was going to see how to put that together. But people don't know, not only don't know, don't care. But the next 20 people you see begin to ask them if they know where Martin Luther King, where he's honored on the street. They don't know and don't care. 
Let me interject this. MC Richardson, uh, chairman of United Minority Media Association, and also executive producer of this show, uh, that's approximately about 950 streets, buildings, and what have you, schools named after Martin Luther King. But most of them are in the, the ghetto, which is really a Jewish name, but uh, the criminal uh, parts of town. Now, there is some people working on, you might not believe this or know about this, but the Truce Lake, which we did some stories on earlier, that they are working, they're supposed to be working to get Truce Lake renamed Martin Luther King because no lake in the United States named after Martin Luther King, but this is just to get started to make Truce Avenue Martin Luther King, uh, which is, Truce is a dividing line in Kansas City. We go back to uh, 1880 and what have you, there have been people saying, make it east and west. Some people say the airport. Some people, but some people that would like to make uh, Truce Avenue into Martin Luther King with a fountain and a statue. But a lot of times, and a lot of people say, Martin Luther King just did it for black. That's not true. And if you notice all this situation has been happening now politically, just about everybody bring up the name of Martin Luther King. And we as people, a lot of our kids, is my grandson, uh, did he leave us? He might be, in, I'll say he's in the library, but okay. Uh, It's the 
old people, just the one from 45 on, or maybe 50 on, who didn't pass anything on, didn't, didn't tell them anything. Uh, and, and young people, I tell people all the time, and I've been on several, I'll be up, in 45 minutes, I'll be on a Zoom call to deal with this African American history. Young people today are doing the same thing that we did. They follow the examples that they see. I didn't say talk, that they see. That's the same thing that we did. So, what the most of them? In the exploited area, I don't call it urban core inner city. What are the, they follow the examples that they see? They're doing what they see. Well, we'll we, we are, and only they, we're going to be forced. And, and we're headed that way. And I tell people, you need to listen to what Malcolm X says. When you look at parties, where is your party? Even John Lewis said that. And he said that parties that get in and take up everything that they want to, take up part of it. Well, you know, this is the first series of our black uh, history, and once again, we're about out of time, so the people that are on there, I guess, we thank you for being there, and how can people notify you, get in touch, or volunteer with anything you're doing, and the United Minority Media Association is a membership organization, and we're recruiting, and my number is 816 822-8866. We're waiting to establish a website and et cetera. But I let the people on there that we were so happy you was able to join us. But tell the people how you can be reached if you want to be reached. I'm Lee Bohannon. I can be reached at uh, area code 816-769-7535. And feel free to call me through MC Richardson. That's, that's my protege. Oh, yeah, right. I'm just on. I can be reached at 913-371-2338. And if you call and get a, uh, on that, uh, the, the call back in the box is full, that means I'm here. I'm just on the other line. Uh, so just call me at that number. And if I come on another line, I will call you back. And thank you, MC, for all you do, for all that you've done for these many That's right. Thank you. Ladies? I'm Martina Peterson, and you can reach me through uh, MC. And the lady who's I'm, with the federal government? Is he not? Thank you. You can reach me at, at rnn underscore hughes at yahoo.com. And Jerry, I know you want to be reached. Yeah, they can reach me at also, A-L-S-O, Jerry, Yahoo.com. Okay, and then, uh, Mr. Our Folks? Uh, that's Our Folks, uh, Missouri by Chamber of Commerce. And you can go to our website, we're at Missouri, BCC.org, and also uh, through the station here, and also through MC also. And also to our, our engineer, Scott Owens, and our general manager. Uh, once again, another great show. Tomorrow will be, I'll say, next Saturday, which is 13, and we know it's Valentine's Eve, and I do like chocolate. You can keep the roses, okay, <laughs> but on the same token, 
It's where we can get away and say we love everybody. And my show is be dealing with construction, building, and getting people in construction so they can make money to buy these things that we need. And also go to Oh, man. Right, I, I got quiet. I didn't want to see anything. Oh, boy. But I want to hear from my ladies. Do they know anything about football? <laughs> Ira. Yes. The kid from University City is on the team. Number 98, Sean Ward. She's actually sort of a cousin of mine. Okay. Well, well. Now, now let's get the family in here. But, yeah, yeah. So, we I mean, go Chiefs. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Judge. Uh, here comes the Judge. What's your saying? I'm gonna get me one. I don't know when and where I'm going. 